This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 211. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in this episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 211. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. Happy March. I'm excited. I'm trying to like hold myself back because it's really like not close to summertime yet. But in my mind, when it starts to get close to spring, then it starts to get close to summer, which is exciting. It's exciting to know that sun is on the horizon. I'm recording this a little early because I have a trip to San Diego and I'm recording this in advance of my trip to San Diego. So I'm going to a big conference, Social Media Marketing World, which will be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm recording this before the trip. When this goes live, I will have just gotten back from San Diego. So I'm sure you will have gotten in on some of the action of the trip via Instagram. I'll definitely be posting over there. So you can go check that out over at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram, which is where I post all things fun and exciting. And I've been really enjoying Instagram stories. That was kind of like, I'm not super into New Year's resolutions, but I do set some little goals for myself. And I'll tell you my two New Year's resolutions. This is like a good time to assess these things, right? As we enter March. So just kind of assess like, hmm, what did I think about doing this year? And am I really doing it? And what were my goals? And I actually do set some goals for the year, but two very small things I wanted to focus on this year. One was, you're going to laugh, using less paper towels and using cloth napkins instead, because we got cloth napkins for our wedding and I don't understand why we don't use them. And instead we go through roll after roll of paper towels, which doesn't make sense because it's just wasteful. So we have started using our cloth napkins. 
And I have to tell you, I think it's kind of nice. And we don't wash them after every use. I mean, I don't know. Is that gross? But like, we're not that dirty of eaters. So even Vinny, who kind of is a dirty eater, he just gets a little crusty. He doesn't care. So we've been going through less paper towels, which is a little more eco-friendly. It also saves money. Like, I feel like the thing with paper towels is my husband loves paper towels and he goes through them. Like, I don't even know what he does with them. We go through so many paper towels. We're always running out of paper towels. I am someone who never had paper towels in my house, I don't think. Like, I don't remember ever using paper towels in my life until I met him. And he uses them for everything. I mean, I think he uses them for, like, napkins, paper towels, tissue, blowing his nose. I mean, he probably uses them for toilet paper. I don't even know. So we're just, like, always running out of paper towels. So I was like, okay, we're going to start using our cloth napkins from the wedding save on the paper towels. So that's been going very well, even if it's a little gross. And then the other thing is I wanted to work on more Instagram stories and just kind of playing with it. And it's been really fun. So, and I will tell you right now, Instagram stories is not a place of perfection for me. It's a place of like, just kind of being sassy and goofing around. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. So if you want to get in on some of that, that is me taking imperfect action, just checking out and seeing what Instagram stories are all about. But I do try to get on there every day and post different things. And they're usually just related to whatever happens to be going on that day. There's usually not a huge agenda around what I put up there, which makes it kind of fun. I'm really enjoying that. So you can check that out at the Shameless Mom Academy. So what I see happening right now in as we enter a new month that I think is really cool is I see people getting really freaking uncomfortable, which makes me super excited. And I see this happening in multiple areas of my life. And I wanted to talk to you about this as we enter March, because we are, like I mentioned, we're kind of past the New Year's resolution phase. And this is a good time to assess what did I intend to start doing this year? And have I actually started doing that thing or those things? And if we haven't started doing those things, how could we potentially start doing those things? So there's that piece of it. There's also a piece where I just feel very inspired by things I see other people doing right now. And I am noticing this in my own businesses, in my the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind. There are some mamas doing some really cool stuff and I am learning from them, I think, as much as they are learning from me. Getting emails from women in that group who are like, actually, I think I want to write a book or actually, I'm going to start my own podcast or I just have so many stories to tell and I need to stop holding them back. And of course, I'm screaming yes, yes, yes to all of these things. So that's been really, really cool. I also see this happening on a national level where I see the kids from Parkland just doing amazing things, using their voice and being courageous and telling their stories and standing up to people who I would have never had the balls to stand up to at their age. And it is just blowing my mind to see young people being proactive, being passionate, being extremely committed, like the perseverance has been pretty impressive. And the really cool part about that is that people are listening and responding, which is really interesting to see. So, you know, at the time that I'm recording this, a bunch of companies have just severed their ties with the NRA. So regardless of where you stand in all of this, regardless of what your belief systems are around this, the power of young people coming together and using their voices to impact change is pretty cool. And I think that like my dream would be that my kid would be one of those people, you know, standing up and saying his piece for the greater good. So I'm very, very inspired by that. And I think it's really, really cool to see these kids do that, to see that these high school students are going to be responsible and be able to take ownership for really having a collective voice that will impact change, which I just, I can't, like I could go on and on. 
I will hold myself back because I have other things I want to talk about today. So the three things I want to talk about in March are kind of inspired by the action I see other people taking in my life on different levels. Like I said, I see it happening in the moms I'm working with in the Momentum Mastermind. I see it happening with these students on a national level, having these really challenging, uncomfortable conversations. So number one, first thing to think about in March, having uncomfortable conversations. So uncomfortable conversations are super uncomfortable. And therefore we tend to procrastinate and put them off and think that like we don't have to deal with them. And if we just don't deal with them, maybe things will work themselves out. If we just don't deal with this thing, maybe it'll just go away on its own. And wouldn't that be so nice? Here's what I've learned. Those things, they don't go away. And what happens, and I actually was just in a situation surrounding this with two other people. And none of it was like related to anything bad. But in my mind, I made a bunch of assumptions about the things that I thought two other parties were assuming. And in my mind, it became this big uncomfortable thing. In talking with both of the parties independently, there was like no problem at all. There was literally nothing wrong going on on either side. I just needed some points of clarification and then everything was totally fine. But I literally for a week had a stomach ache where I was like worried and panicking about ways that I thought that I was going to struggle to communicate with people and where I thought we weren't going to be able to see eye to eye on some certain issues. And I was super worried about it and very worried about like, I thought I was going to have to get defensive and territorial and like bossy and and all these things. And then in both cases, when I just opened the door for conversation, I was like, oh, we are totally on the same page. Thank God we talked. (laughs) And so it was such a relief in both situations. And in both cases, I will say in one case in particular, I was prepared to be pretty defensive and prepared to like really need to stand my ground, which I didn't end up having to do at all. And when I went in to the conversation leading with some friendly banter and just like small talk and just like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? This particular person had just had a baby a couple months ago. So I was like, oh my gosh, how's that going? Found a place to connect and relate to them upon. Then all of a sudden it was like, we have common ground. We're all on the same page. Like, we've all survived newborn land. So like we can survive this conversation. Right. And it was so not a big deal. Once we established this common ground and kind of had this point of connection, then like the actual conversation was so easy. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for 
understood explains and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly, Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue, and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him, and it was getting kind of like icky, and you know, like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches, and then they want to pick at it, and it was getting worse. And so Active Skin Repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship, and I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. So my advice around having uncomfortable conversations is to first go in with finding the common ground, find the points of connection, find where you can start out saying like, I know this is what we both, like we both see, think this thing in common. We both want what's best for whatever this XYZ situation is. I know we both want to feel really good about this. We both want to help others in this way, whatever. But finding that common ground and that connection, I think is a really great way to enter an uncomfortable conversation to enter it with a smile and to enter it with this positive attitude and assuming it's going to go well. And I will tell you, when I started out in one of these conversations, I was not assuming it was going to go well, which was like a fault of mine. And I could tell as we got started right away, I was like, oh, like I can go ahead and let my guard down. Like this is going to be completely fine. And then I was like laughing later. I was like, why didn't I just assume that was going to be good? Why did I assume this this was going to be a battle? Why did I assume I was going to have to get defensive? Why did I assume that I was going to have to like hold my ground and take charge of everything. So it's really easy to make assumptions leading into a conversation. And sometimes we make assumptions around things that are never going to happen, that don't come up, that like things don't have to go sideways. If we enter a conversation immediately defensive or starting off on the uncommon ground, immediately starting off from where the differences lie, that's I think where things can get way more uncomfortable more quickly, way more awkward. So my first piece of advice around that is to start from a place of connection and common ground. Next, to use phrases like in my experience or the way I'm feeling to like to just impart how you're experiencing a situation versus saying like you're wrong and I'm right and here's what's going on and whatever because someone can say like this is what's happening for me and you can say oh well in my experience this is what's happening over here and you know they might say something you know this would be a great someone comes to you and they're talking about you know a situation where you maybe have very different beliefs this could be around the NRA this could be around a conversation around women's rights this could be a conversation around you know the times up or me too movement all those kinds of things and all you have to say 
rather than getting defensive is, oh, in my experience, in my experience, I've actually found myself in really uncomfortable situations in conference rooms with people. In my experience, I actually have been talked down to by bosses. In my experience, it's felt like it was related to my gender. So rather than getting defensive, you can just say in my experience, and basically you're just telling your story and that's your truth. And it doesn't need to be like a big thing. And I think that can be a helpful way to lead as well. And then third, I think, assume everyone is trying their best. And so entering uncomfortable conversations, assuming that everyone's coming from a good place. And you might find otherwise once you get down the road a little ways, but let's just assume that everyone is coming from a good place and everyone is trying their best. And if we assume that, everyone's guards will start to drop a little bit and then we will often see that everyone wants the same thing. And so this definitely happened in one of my, these two conversations that I had. Actually, this happened in, so there was a third situation. There was two conversations I had and then there was this email exchange that I had and all three of them were things I was kind of dreading and tiptoeing around. In two of them in particular, I wanted to be careful that the other side really felt heard. And so I was, the one via email, I made sure to like use a lot of smiley faces and say things like, I could be totally wrong about this. I'm not really sure. I'm just feeling this out. Let me know if I'm off base, like things like that. Not because I want to be dismissive of my point of view or not because I want to be apologetic at all. I also laid out like, these are the reasons that this situation is challenging for me, just an FYI. But I also understand that I don't know all your circumstances. So could you explain your circumstances to me? Because these are my circumstances here that are a little bit challenging. And I'm wondering if we can find a way to work so that we can meet in the middle. And that conversation went really well as well. But I think that for me, assuming that this other person was doing her best really, really helped because then she wasn't defensive and she came back and she's like, oh my gosh, like here's the circumstances. A bunch of things changed. I didn't know they were going to change. I didn't have any notice. And that impacted this big trickle down effect. And that's why there was this miscommunication in the situation. She's like, I'm sorry, you had to deal with that. I always do my best. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. You always do your best. And just knowing the circumstances now totally makes sense. You know, I appreciate you letting me know, filling me in. Everything's completely fine. Like, we'll just touch base again down the road as we get closer to, you know, this, if this potentially is going to be an issue again. And it was just completely fine. So, those are the three pieces of that. Assume that everyone is doing their best, come from, in my experience, and then find that common ground. Okay, number two, taking uncomfortable action. So, your second thing to think about in March is how to take uncomfortable action. This is hard. It's really, really hard. So, I'm going to make it easy for you to start. I'm going to give you a tip here. I want you to check out the book. Mel Robbins has a book called The Five Second Rule. And it's a great book that has a ton of different ways and ideas around how to use her five second rule to take action in your life. And I'm going to be talking about it in this episode. I'm actually going to talk about it a little bit more next week in next week's episode. Next week's episode is going to be on managing procrastination and perfectionism. That's the Monday episode next week. But between now and then we have our Wednesday interview, but I'm jumping ahead a bit here to the next Monday episode on managing procrastination and perfectionism. And I'm going to talk more in depth about this book, The Five Second Rule. But what I want to talk about now is taking uncomfortable action often is taking a little bit of a leap, but these leaps can be very small and using the five second rule can help. So I'm going to give you an example. The five second rule is literally when you need to do something, when you're about to do it, rather than procrastinating, rather than putting it off, rather than saying like, I'm going to wait till the circumstances are better or perfect or improved. I'm going to count down from five to one and I'm going to launch and I'm going to do the thing, even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable. So a lot of this can be practiced within tiny habits. And the first example I'm going to give you is hitting the snooze button. Rather than hitting snooze repeatedly, practice the five second rule. Your alarm goes off, 
you count down from five to one, you get out of bed and you start your day. So this example, super simple, right? I'm not saying it's easy, but it's very, very simple. So this is a great way to start. Mel Robbins recommends that you put the alarm in a different room or in your bathroom so that you have to get out of bed to turn it off so that you are all the less inclined to hit snooze, to roll over, what have you. So another piece of taking uncomfortable action and working with tiny habits is to accomplish something uncomfortable before sunrise. So whether that is a workout, whether that is journaling, whether that is like setting up a to-do list of like, these are the three action steps I'm going to take today that are going to challenge me. Just doing something uncomfortable before sunrise where you put yourself out there in a certain way. And so that might be a physical thing. It might be a mental thing, but you know, crossing over some sort of mental or physical barrier before sunrise. That's first thing out of bed. That uncomfortable thing might just be hitting snooze or getting up 20 minutes before your kids and just taking some time for yourself. Well, that is actually comfortable while you're in it. It's the starting of that habit that can be uncomfortable. The next piece of this along the same lines is trying something new. So a lot of these things I'm talking about might be new for you. They might not be new. They might be habits you've tried in the past, but trying something new. So I've talked about my attempts in the last year to face my fear of heights. I'm not saying it's gone well, but I've definitely pushed myself out there. And it literally is by unconsciously, I wasn't calling it the five second rule, but it was like unconsciously just committing to things really quickly and being like, yep, I'm going to do that. Let's go do it right now. And then when I was in it, I was like, oh my gosh, why did I say I would do this? But I did that with going on two different Ferris wheels, (laughs) Um, which I noticed some people sounds ridiculously silly, but that is terrifying for me. So it's trying something new trying something uncomfortable. And just for me, both times, it was telling my family I was going to do it, where I was like, okay, let's go do this Ferris wheel thing. Like, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to go. I'm not going to let myself freak out about it. Of course, once we were there, I freaked out both times. (laughs) But I very quietly freaked out because I didn't want to freak out too much in front of Vinny. So trying something new, trying things you know are going to be a little uncomfortable that, you know, don't have to be like changing entire professions, but just doing those little uncomfortable things matter. Because when you take that uncomfortable action, it shows you that you are powerful and that you are capable of doing hard things. And when you understand that you are powerful and capable of doing hard things, you will continue to be more powerful and you will do more hard things in other areas of your life. The next piece of this is embracing discomfort and failure. So embracing the discomfort of the hard things, embracing the discomfort of the new things, embracing the discomfort of a tiny habit, embracing the discomfort of not hitting the snooze button. That's a tough one. It is uncomfortable. Just totally recognizing like, oh, this is going to suck. Getting up in the morning and working out, like I'm probably not going to feel like doing this. I'm probably never going to feel like doing this. That's okay. I'm just going to do the uncomfortable thing. It's totally fine that I never actually have a burning desire to do this thing. I'm going to do it because the benefits are worth it to me. When we start doing these uncomfortable things, we can do other uncomfortable things. When we embrace discomfort in one area of our life, we can embrace discomfort in other areas of your life. So I have this like dire need to be on big stages right now. That is ridiculously uncomfortable to me. It's not because it's comfortable or it's gotten to be comfortable or it feels easy. It's hard and it definitely feels overwhelming and a little terrifying, but I totally want to be in that discomfort because I know that in that discomfort, I will grow in such tremendous ways. And so I think that it's okay when you are taking action to really recognize that this is super uncomfortable and I'm doing it anyways. Totally fine. Also embracing failure recognizing that like, oh man, I wanted to do that thing. I thought I was going to be really good at it or I was hoping it would go better. Didn't go so great. And looking at any failures or things that don't go the way you expect them to is an opportunity to learn and data collection. So I just say like, hmm, that did not go the way I thought it would. And what's the data from that? Where did things go wrong? 
what could I have done differently? What will I do differently next time? What can I learn from this? Okay, move on. Like it doesn't need to be sitting in judgment, dwelling on how awful anything was. And now I'm a bad person and I can never do anything right. And I can't believe I ever thought I could do that to begin with and all those kinds of things. It's just taking some notes, again, just data collection, totally neutral. Take your notes, recognize where you could grow, where there's opportunity, and then move on. So that is about taking uncomfortable action. When I look at the kids in Parkland right now, I see so much uncomfortable action. You can see some of them if you watch the town hall with them, a couple of them like voices shaking. And then as they spoke more and more, their voices getting more and more solid and strong and firm and powerful. And that's what happens when you take uncomfortable action. And that might happen within a few seconds. It might happen with repeated action over time, but that's where it starts is that uncomfortable action taking action even when your voice is shaky, taking action even when your knees are wobbling and you can barely feel your feet under you and you're like losing your breath and your heart is racing out of your chest, that is where it begins. And when you go to those really uncomfortable places and when you do those hard things that you think you cannot do or that you question like, why am I even doing this? You will recognize your strength and power in ways that you and dimensions that you never thought possible. And that's where the power is. So you will not get the most amazing things in your life without that discomfort. We don't get really big, cool, amazing things without going to those uncomfortable places. So if you are wanting big new things in your life, you have to go to those uncomfortable places. That's literally the only path to the big stuff is going through the hard stuff and taking the chances and putting yourself out there and taking the risks and getting uncomfortable and embracing that discomfort, embracing the possibility of failure, learning from failure, learning from falling flat on your face sometimes. All of that is an opportunity. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And then next, number three, for three things to think about in March is be willing to be seen. So this is a good segue or a good next step from taking uncomfortable action, because when we talk about being seen, that can look like so many different things. I know that one of my moms in this Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind right now is working on giving her coworkers feedback. She said it's really, really hard for her. She's an introvert. She's an obliger. She just wants to make everyone happy. And she's been really working on giving people constructive criticism. And she said it's been a game changer for her because first of all, it's giving her power. And second of all, people are being really responsive to it. And imagine when you take that uncomfortable action and you have those uncomfortable conversations, what that must feel like on the other side of that for it to go well and to have some success. Now that, you know, it might not always be successful, but she's putting herself out there and she's being seen and it's going really, really well. That's a game changer professionally. When you feel like you have that kind of power in your professional environment and you feel like you actually matter and your voice matters in your professional environment, that matters. That will be an indication of other professional leaps you will take. That will be an indication of other professional chances and risks you will take where you will maybe put yourself up for a promotion, put yourself up for a raise, stand up for yourself in a meeting, share your voice and ideas and opinions on different things related to the workplace environment. So being willing to be seen can be really, really powerful. Be seen as loud and proud and powerful. Be seen as someone who knows what they stand for. Be seen as someone who gives a rip about something. That's okay. Sometimes people think that they don't want to be known as like the person who, I see this a lot with people not wanting to take a stand on political issues or not wanting to take a stand on religion kinds of things. I think, you know, no matter where you stand, you can stand in ownership and pride about what you believe in. And if you can't do that, you're probably not living your best life because you're probably hiding parts of yourself. And so think about what it would be like if you could openly share who you are. And what will happen when you openly share who you are is that you will attract people who want to be connected to you for those values. And then there might be other people who don't want to be as connected because of some of those values. And that can be okay because not every relationship has to take top priority. It's okay to have differences with people. And it's also okay to have differences with people, have those differences be out in the open and still have a great positive relationship with them. There are certain members of my extended family who do not have the same opinions as my immediate family on different things. But that doesn't mean that we can't all sit at a dinner table and have fun, drink, and wine together. So, and I understand that's different from one family to the next, but it doesn't have to be deal breaker. It also can be an opportunity for you to 
when you take a stand on certain things to find connection and closeness with other people that can be really, really powerful. And I found this in Vinny's preschool in talking with some families about participating in different marches about March for Our Lives and other marches coming up and school walkouts and things along those lines. I found that I've had, because I took a stand, because I replied to a group email and said, hey, I want to be involved in this and here's what I'm looking at doing. Let me know if you want to be involved. I've been able to connect with other families who also want to be involved and who also want to be connected over having similar feelings on this issue. I will tell you, it's pretty uncomfortable to like do a reply all to a group of parents and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. You know, the reason that this group email was sent out in this particular scenario is a mom, I believe she sent out an article on something related to, it was an article and also I think maybe some opportunities to get involved with the stuff related to after the Parkland shootings. But I was the one that replied and said, hey, I emailed the school already and said, are we going to participate in the walkout? Because I would love to see that happen. That was super uncomfortable for me to first send that email. And it was also super uncomfortable for me to reply all to all the parents in my son's class to say that I had sent that email. But I also said, I don't know if you're interested in being involved, but just let me know because I'm not sure if the school is going to participate. And if they don't, I'm going to find my own thing to do. And I would be more than happy to keep you posted if your family wants to participate with my family and something different if the school chooses not to participate. So that was like definitely putting myself out there, being willing to be seen. I understand that some families were like, is she crazy? These are like five-year-olds. They don't need to be participating in this conversation. Totally get it that some people are going to think that. And I also get it that some parents are like, yeah, what are you going to do? You want to go march in in Olympia, Washington? Let's do it. You want to make signs together? Let's do it. So I'm willing to be seen because I want to be seen as loud and as proud and as powerful. And I want to be known for standing for something. That's really important to me. So that can look like a lot of different things. That can be just taking a stand in the workplace. That can be taking a stand for your own, being your own self-advocate at work. I have told you the story before of walking into the CEO's office at my hospital job and letting him know that I was aware that males in my job were being paid less than females in my job. And he right away brought in HR and was like, do you understand what you're saying? And I said, yes, I do. And he's like, you need to stop having this conversation with your coworkers right now. And I said, well, all I'm doing is having an honest conversation with people saying very factual information about what they're getting paid. And prior to this, HR had always told us to be very, very quiet about what we were being paid. So when the CEO was like, you need to zip it, I was like, all I'm doing is like stating some facts. He's like, well, you're making really serious accusations. (laughs) I was like, I'm just stating some facts. I'm just saying what I get paid and I'm just saying what other people are getting paid who have told me and it's not the same amount. And the only difference between us is that he's a boy and I'm a girl. So I'm just saying, so it might be a quiet one-on-one conversation like that, or it might be a much louder conversation, a reply on an email, a Facebook post, those kinds of things where it's a much bigger thing. And that's going to be dependent on your personality type and dependent on, you know, the issue at hand, but I think it's okay to stand up for what you believe in. And it doesn't have to always be political at all. You can just stand up for love. You can stand up for hope and joy and those kinds of things. You can just stand up for like living your best damn life every damn day. So it doesn't have to be controversial and uncomfortable all the time. It can just be standing for something. It can just be wanting to be known for having a certain belief system around how you prefer to live, how your family prefers to live, some sort of philosophy around a philosophy that you choose to live by. But I think that can all be really, really powerful. So those are your three things to think about in March. Have uncomfortable conversations, take uncomfortable actions, and be willing to be seen. I think of giving you some decent homework. Ready to go and do it? 
All right. So next week, we're going to talk about procrastination and perfectionism, which will be a great follow-up to this now that you all are going to be thinking about uncomfortable action and you might procrastinate on it for the next week. So we'll follow up with procrastination and perfectionism next week. Also make sure you come back on Wednesday for our interview. Great interview plan on Wednesday with the lovely Beth Baker of Running Evolution, who is one of my favorite redheads in the world. So make sure you come back for that episode on Wednesday. If this is your first time listening to the show, know that we do have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So please subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. You can also leave a review while you're there. So when you drop into that portal at shamelessmom.com forward slash review, you will be in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also click on the write a review button. And last up, please share this episode, sharing the Shameless Mom Academy, whether it's on social media, on Instagram or Facebook, you can tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on, in either place. Whether you're sharing there or you're shooting emails out to people or texting people to say, oh my gosh, you need to listen to this. However you want to do it, take a stand, take a stand and, stare and share the show, damn it. So, but I do appreciate you sharing the show. It's how the show grows. It gives me the opportunity to do new cool things. And I have some cool things in the works. I posted a really great informal survey on Instagram a couple weeks ago, got a lot of good feedback. And as a result of that, there are some new things coming in the pipeline for those of you who want more Shameless Mom Academy in your life. So stay tuned. All right. Thank you for being with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. I always appreciate spending time with you. I can't wait to do it again in a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.